Hello friends, welcome to the Impossible Things Podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. Until they arrive, we will be talking about the world's toughest questions. I'm Jimmy, with me today are Kyle. Hello. And Jesse. Hey. Today we're going to figure out light speed. So, is light speed possible? Or impossible? For humans? For humans. And Kyle and Jimmy too. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Such a... a, such a dumb joke, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who wrote this? All right. So where do we start? Light speed will not be possible. At all. By the way. I, w- I would like to hear why. <laughs> the human body cannot sustain its integrity in the face of light speed. Yeah. That, that seems to be the problem we all ran into. Yeah, but I mean, what about in a closed container, though? Well, I can mean, the container yeah. maintain its conte- integrity? Well, but the container is far more likely to maintain its integrity than... What, what types of materials are likely to maintain their structural... Ooh. Yes. Well, I mean, we send, we send materials out into space where we know there's, like, particles and dust and stuff that scratches. I mean, we, we, we have glass that can go through outer space for several missions. As, as of right now, we have heat shields on the bottom of shuttles that can withstand the atmospheric... Uh, tear up i guess on its free entry like i mean i think it's far more likely for us to find material to make a container out of to put a human in or 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 the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) okay we're done we're done with that joke i'm sorry uh but uh i think i mean like it's one of in in my my awesome internet travels and researching this one of the, the things i i came across was a yahoo answers group i'm sorry it's like it's like citing Wikipedia on a. Paper. I guess I can admit that I found a Yahoo's Answers group. Did you? Yeah. Did you find this this point that this person makes in saying in the Victorian era people thought that traveling at speeds of fifty miles an hour would be harmful to a human? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not find that. So this person's point, which I I'm prone to agreeing with, which is what what I'd come up with prior to even researching this, was that if you put a human in a container, I had said an envelope of some sort, but like. This is the same thing. Put a like a spaceship, like the Enterprise or something like that. You know, sure. They, if that could, you know, the, the speed, the, the effects of the speed, I think, would be far less. I mean, you still have G forces potentially and some other things to deal with, but I really do think that a closed container might help the possibility of this. Okay, you said we still have G forces and some other things, as though to minimize the effect of the G forces, but. <laughs> I'm going to throw down some numbers. Maybe it's not appropriate here, but there are some numbers. (laughs) Okay. The, uh, so just how fast is light speed? 186,282 miles per second. How much faster is light than sound? Uh, sound moves at 600 miles per second. It's it's 1 million times faster. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) So, uh, Mach one and speed of sound generates 34 G's on the human body, even inside an aeroplane. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Agreed? Agreed. Fair. Okay. Light speed would exert 30,523,979 G's on the body. The record for uh, sustainable G-forces on one person is 46.2. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'll read you this little thing that I found. Uh, on John Stapp's self-experimentation, he was trying to break the record. <laughs> on, <laughs> on, like a very on what became man. his final run in December 1950. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this isn't beginning well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Stapp decided to pull out all the stops, firing nine solid fuel rockets. He sl- his sled accelerated to 632 miles per hour in five seconds, slamming him into two tons of wind pressure, then came to a stop in just over one second. A witness said it was absolutely inconceivable anybody could go that fast, then just stop and survive. But Stapp did. In fact, he went on to live another 45 years, dying quietly at home in 1999 at the age of 89. That's better and than his, I thought the story was. Yeah, yeah, I really thought his last mission was because he died. And his experience, his experience a record-breaking 46.2 Gs. For an instant, his 168-pound body had weighed over 7,700 pounds. And that's a lot. So G, is that G forces? <laughs> that's are, not even. Well, yeah, but G forces are related to gravity. No, mm-hmm. gravity. Sure. They're, so I mean, if you remove gravity from the situation, then how much lesser does that affect you? I would, I would think it would. So if you're in space, 
or if you're in a spaceship. It would have to affect you over 30 million times lesser. Well, to make any difference. When oh, you're okay. when you're <laughs> experiencing G-force though, I've always thought is of it as as uh you it's just from acceleration. It's like when you're getting on the freeway, right? You feel the G-force, but once you steady out at 60 miles an hour, you don't feel it anymore. Or so, if your acceleration is really slow. Yeah, then you don't feel it at all. So is that is that some way to beat the G-force? It's still there. Well, the, the article, so I found an article on Wikipedia, of course, another <laughs> really really likely source of solid information. And one of their one of their solutions was constant acceleration. Um, and so if you just accelerated incredibly slow, assuming I think at that point you'd have to decelerate very, very slow mm-hmm. so as not to die or hit the front of your spaceship when it stops and you don't, mm-hmm. uh, I would... Uh. I would think constant acceleration might be the might 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 be a way to do this. It would be constant acceleration because you'd have to start when you were a child to accelerate all the way to light speed. <laughs> Interesting that you bring that up because just a mere matter of five seconds later, they talk about a robotic space mission carrying some number of frozen early stage human embryos is a theoretical possibility for light speed for humans. Mm-hmm. So starting the acceleration pre-birth, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know what the vehicle for for uh, fertilizing, holding the embryo is, but there you go, light speed for humans, pre-birth. Ha ha. <laughs> then that child is born and says, "Dad, how could you do this to me? You don't even know me." <laughs> Dad won't even hear it because he's too far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> light years. You don't care about that child, do you? Well, All that matters is light speed. Well, Your little experiment. Y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> in, the, in this case, yes. <laughs> He has feelings, okay? <laughs> He'll be alone, alone in the universe. Yes, but that loneliness won't reach me because it's, it moves far slower than the speed of light. <laughs> so anything you can't see doesn't matter to you? Oh, come on. That's not fair. I don't see gravity. How many, how many uh-huh. Gs can the human body take before, it, before he dies? Like 30? <laughs> Technically I, one. I don't think that's been established. <laughs> one G, it'll kill you in 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's not a funny joke. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody knows. I wasn't able to find that. Well, the fact that that... We worked. accelerated a body to 55 Gs and then they died. No, I don't... I don't, I don't think anybody wants to sign up for that. No. Although it sounds like this guy almost did it to himself. <laughs> yeah, so maximum for human on a rocket sled is 46.2. Oh, yeah. So that's the highest one. Death. Death or serious injury likely is anything greater than 25 Gs is something that that's just interesting. I'm just I'm looking at this the Wikipedia that has all these things that exist uh in the world that uh uh that use large amounts of G forces. A space gun with a barrel length of one <laughs> with a muscle velocity of uh six kilometers per second. Wow. Uh, that can do uh eighteen hundred Gs. Completely theoretical though. Shot capability of mechanical wrist watches. What? That's not no share with the group shock <laughs> compatibility of mechanical wristwatches is anything greater than 5000 g's so we can make a mechanism right now that can take 5000 g's yeah. is that what you're saying that's what this so what if we made it bigger <laughs> and put a person inside of it what then jesse human mm, that's interesting <laughs> don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> well jesse answer the man <laughs> Well, there's still other problems. I there's mean, tons of problems. What What are the other problems? Uh, f- friction. They are myriad. <laughs> friction is a huge one. There you go. I, I originally thought that light speed was going to be absolutely impossible, like uh, uh, like on Earth, because there was so much friction in the air. And then Jesse had pointed out that there's also space is not uh, space is not exempt from friction. It's uh, not entirely, although there is a lot less of it. Yeah, it's a lot less. Severe amount less. But there's still some there, so like you would still you would still burn up at some point. Uh, I suppose. Did you guys run across the phrase "orders of magnitude" in any of your Mm-mm. researches? No. I could never. I ran across it a couple of times. And I couldn't figure out what it is. It sounds cool, so I want to say it, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we'll find out. Keep going. I'm gonna Google it. Okay, well, that, that aside, what are the other problems? There's, so there's G-forces, there's well, friction, even, about, even in the vacuums of space, as it were. Yeah. 
So I mean, like, what what it, it sounded like deceleration was another problem. That's another thing. So how how does one effectively decelerate without uh, you without causing a severe amounts of harm to yourself? Wait. You don't have to because you're never going to get up to light speed anyway. Oh, naysayer. <laughs> if you were to get up to light speed, how would you decelerate? Mm, you could set up a brick wall, <laughs> which you would. I believe that's the problem. <laughs> what about uh, what about constant deceleration? You could just ease off your main thruster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you would have to in order to it, the uh, in order to properly bomb the Death Star. You definitely have to do yeah. that. Yes. Or wait, no, that's to avoid a tractor beam. That's what it is. <laughs> it's been too long. It has been too long. That should be I some limited Captain time Rex. magic. <laughs> some limited time magic. Throw Captain Rex back in the cockpit. <laughs> Ditch C-3PO. Oh, man. That would be pretty awesome. I like Captain Rex. He had a magnetism all his own. He did. Well, he was a robot. Of course, oh, he had sure there's plenty of magnets in there. <laughs> was he sentient? Uh, obviously was. not. Yeah. <laughs> he can think He's on still getting used to his programming. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't, he just wasn't very smart, that's all. That's probably true. I, I know a lot of those sentient being, beings. <laughs> They're aware of themselves. They're just not very smart. <laughs> all right. So what was the last, last problem we were talking about? Friction? We were talking about friction. Friction, oh, friction. Even in a vacuum, friction. Friction exists. It would still heat up. Just you had a number earlier about how many hydrogen molecules oh. are in space. It's uh, it's about ten. Per, oh wait, hold on, I have it. In total, there's ten in the entirety of space. <laughs> there's there's only, into, only yeah. ten. So <laughs> if you don't, if you you don't encounter one, you are in <laughs> just, luck. It's a good thing we've mapped them because then we can just chart our course. <laughs> just go around them. Around, yeah. Just just go around them. About one hydrogen atom per ten cubic centimeters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a good number. Absolutely. I mean, you can't <laughs> refute it. No. <laughs> it's really hard to measure that in, yeah. in our lab here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's from a reputable source. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you want to cite that source? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we have, the, look, the look on Jesse's face gave it away. They're totally sponsored Not by, by Wikipedia. <laughs> uh well, one of the things, okay, so like the more the more you look at this, and there's there's a few other problems. There's a power, like how much power it would take to get any form of engine. It, how would you how would you push a vehicle to go that fast? Well, the, the I mean, the irony is you could use fusion, and fusion would use hydrogen module, <laughs> molecules. Ah, so you can deflect the no, not deflect, purposefully <coughs> interact the two to hmm. create fusion. Oh. Uh, it looks like fusion is. A fusion reaction occurs when two atoms of hydrogen collide to create a larger helium-4 atom, which releases energy. Nice. I like the... Uh, that's this very, was a reputable source, by the way. <laughs> a very musky and uh, solution. Mm-hmm. Sounds very solving, musky and... Right. Solving two problems with a single solution. Musky and we're, we're coining that <laughs> phrase right now if nobody else has. <laughs> Anybody's name can be a, an a adjective. Verb? Adjective? <laughs> what, what would that be? Something. <laughs> You could say it's a, a Colian solution. Uh, it wouldn't be a very good one. <laughs> it'd be it, the solution would be a, another set of problems, my friend. That's fine. Uh, anyway, I, I found that definition on fusion from the uh, How Stuff Works website, not ah. from Wikipedia. Wow, oh. cool. <laughs> so, okay, so there's power. You use fusion. So Please. I would say fusion power. That's that's that that would be my. How much? much? How much energy would it take? Hmm. I mean, that you you can't know that without knowing like the engine that you would use to. Well, and you got to know throttle, what you're right? what 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 you're moving. I would think you'd need to know how much energy to move your object at an X amount of speed, 186 ish miles per second. At this point, you'd have to know how how much weight the contraption is. But I really, I, I maintain that I think fusion is probably the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. A fusion reaction. So in other podcasts, we've talked about like the problems and we've talked about how to, how to get there. And then one of us proposes a way to cheat. Uh, and that's what I'm about to do right now. 
Oh, yes. How, how does one cheat? Jimmy, please share. According to NASA, NASA the last couple of days is, is uh, the way that, that Star Trek explains light speed travels. They don't necessarily say that you're traveling as fast as the speed of light. They use a warp drive. They bend the fabric of a re- reality around the ship, thus bringing everything closer to that. And so that's that's actually, when I was researching, that's how Star Trek explains getting over the G-forces as well. So wait, and so what you're saying is instead of pushing your object forward, you're pulling everything else around you backwards? Yes, you're bending the, the reality of time. That's an interesting way to combat that, I would think. Uh, yeah, so now you can travel at super fast speeds. You're still traveling very, very, very fast, but uh-huh. it's at a level that a human can... And, and and Jimmy and Kyle can, can withstand. We were dispensing with that. <laughs> now you're, now you're, and so By orders of magnitude. <laughs> anyway, uh, so NASA came out with this this article that's saying that uh, the the headline is "Can we finally break the speed of light?" question mark And NASA says, "Nope, but we can do warp drives." And uh, they're, they're saying warp drives are not only possible, but in the future they will be practical. It's something, uh, but practical, then they say, well, the energy that would take this, you need to harness energy in, in a factory. The warp drive that they've built is the size of Jupiter currently. Not built, but they, they've, they've specula- conceptualized, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is that's how much energy it would take. But it essentially would bend the fabric of reality around you so that things are closer. Well, it's rather interesting bending the fabric of reality because if you can bend it to move through space, and could you not bend it to move through time? No, that's also what they're saying. They're saying you can you oh, would be NASA. able to, to to bend and move anything you'd like. You'd NASA, you're making a fool of Jesse Human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Uh, but no, but even in that, and if to just to only jump back on time travel for just a second, if they, yeah. if you do do that method, it's not like you're jumping time stream still. You're still shortening the amount of time right. that you it, would still like. You're still you could now this this makes more sense, but you can still only go in one direction. You can go in two. Well, yeah, like I mean, that was inevitably the problem. I I think I kept arriving at as well is that going into the going into the future wouldn't be as much of a problem as going into the past right. would be. Right. Uh, at least, it, like, in my mind. Like, it was easier to wrap my head around going to the future, but going to the past, it was like there was no practical way to do that mm-hmm. uh, other than sim- in simulation, which obviously I'm sure we'll, we will talk about in a future article. <laughs> uh, but so warp drives seem to be more and more uh, plausible. There's still still leaps and bounds of technology we would have to get through to even make warp drives exist, but at least that is more... Well, it sounds like people... the the <laughs> The supposed people smarter than us mm-hmm. that should be talking about this have talked about this. Well, they they're not talking about light speed per se, but they're talking about uh, they are talking about warp drive. Do you have a definition, by the way, about how fast that is? Is there does that article say anything? No, it doesn't say anything about how fat. Like it's it just talks about. <laughs> Were you just humming the wedding song? Uh, no, I didn't think I, I just threw out notes, but I could have done that. Subliminal. Oh. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm you got somebody, somebody you want to tell us? I was getting more coffee. Get so it. I'm here to defend myself. More brain right. juice. <laughs> of your derogatory comments. Derogatory comments. <laughs> well, defend away. <laughs> yeah, they came up with this warp drive idea just to tell me I was wrong. That'd be pretty rad if they came out with, like, in the headline was, Dear Jesse Human, we're smarter. You are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Naysayer. <laughs> it's funny if you say naysayer, it almost sounds like NASA. <laughs> <laughs> naysayer. Ha ha. Defend um, yourself, Jesse Human. Defend it. Well, uh, cosmic speed limit. <laughs> who's the cosmic? cosmic <laughs> who's the cosmic law enforcer? <laughs> uh, mm, the cosmos itself. <laughs> So the, who's uh, the who's the gravity law enforcer? Newton. <laughs> okay, then it's Einstein. Dang. <laughs> Einstein is the. I'll let you me you finish your thing. So something that I, just because the more the more you look at light speed, the more like there's just there's just a, it almost I feel like every problem that you're talking about within that problem there's like 15 problems, and within those problems there's like another like there's an infinite amount of problems with light speed. It just 
just it's really hard to, to think about traveling that fast. And I, I tried looking at like, okay, well, is there anything known to man right now that's traveling at light speed? And there is, and it's light. And it seems to be the only thing that can travel at that speed. There's like, most of the time when you think about like flight, like there's birds and there's things, like there's other things achieving it. Really the only thing achieving it in the universe, as far as we know right now, is is light itself. What about neutrinos? Find that. No. What is that? Okay, there was a, there was a group of scientists at CERN who measured neutrinos traveling faster than light. And how do you, do they talk about how the neutrinos do it? Uh, or do they just I travel? Didn't, I didn't go really far into this article because it was the result of a unplugged fiber optic cable. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all excited. They were so excited in 2008, certain uh, scientists measured neutrinos that looked like they were traveling faster than light. But... So when I'm their measurement it. was skewed, askew because of uh, their their light measurement was wrong. Oh, because the, the fiber optic cable was loose. Oh, what a bummer! Yeah. Uh, so no, nothing else is traveling <laughs> faster than light. To your there's point, a, there's a lot of theories that are saying that once you reach the speed of light, you just would turn into an infinite amount of energy, and yes. if you would go faster than light, it would just tear <clears> you apart because you can't. Um, Something that I thought was interesting that, that, that Jesse had said, like the cosmic speed limit, that seems to be what light speed is. It's mm-hmm. like if you go faster you than light speed, it, yeah. like that's it. Like that's as fast as you can go. And uh, you can't go any faster than that because I don't think atoms or molecules can can even function at anything faster than, mm-hmm. than light. You did kind of, you kind of reference the cosmic speed limit by saying when you get to light speed, you're infinite energy. Mm-hmm. Well, Einstein said that you're also infinite mass so you're as you're okay so the space special relativity which we referenced in uh, time travel mm-hmm. would dictate that the faster you are traveling the more compressed you are mm-hmm. so say i'm i'm traveling west due west whatever west say i'm traveling due east because mm-hmm. that's the way i'm facing right now okay and, uh, <laughs> you, you had to make your analogy work yes in okay. my own mind so if I'm traveling due east at light speed, well, this kind of gets back to that old question, if a car can go light speed, do the headlights work? Mm-hmm. So I'm traveling at light speed due east, and I have, I have a mirror in front of me. Can I see my reflection? Theoretically, no, because it would. I'm traveling as fast as the light would need to travel to get to the mirror and then get back to my face. Yes. So I would never catch up to the light that was or the light would never catch up to me. Uh, we'd be going the same, and so I would never... It would just look like a silver piece of glass, or maybe it wouldn't look like anything at all. I don't all. think it would look like anything, because you couldn't <laughs> even see the glass, because I think all, our entire basis of sight is the reflection of light on that uh-huh. object, isn't it? Sure. So we... Uh, so that being said, I would say we're... Uh, You'd be blind if you were moving at the speed of light, is what it sounds like. Possibly. Sounds like it'd be impossible to navigate. It would be like you wouldn't be able to. Well, you, I, I don't think any. Be, I don't think any human is navigating moving that fast. Like, none of, none of my family computer. is going that fast. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't dispense with it if you keep doing it. Ah. Okay. Anyway. So. Einstein says, "Yes, you would be able to see reflection." Why is that? Why is that? Because in his theory, in his mind, the, uh, the laws of the universe apply at, to the, in the same way to every observer. So even if I'm traveling speed of light, I can still, the speed of light is still exponentially fast to me. Mm-hmm. I would still function the same way in, my, in relation to myself. But to an observer, say one of you two mm-hmm. if you were looking at me traveling the speed of light you do east would the speed of light that was traveling from my face to the mirror and back to my face would that be double speed of light no because uh as you speed up to that amount of speed you mm-hmm. contract your body any mass constricts contracts so that the length is not the length of my face to the mirror becomes less and less. So as I approach the speed of light, it's just one mass. 
everything that's going that that fast is contracted into infinite mass. Mm. And infinite mass requires infinite energy to propel it. And uh, I don't know how you come back from becoming infinite mass and return to your normal body form. Just, just slow down. <laughs> I mean, that would, that would really do it, right? slowly just slow down. <laughs> ease off your main thruster. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Well, I mean, to the to the fact of infinite energy, that's part of the reason why I think fusion power really does it, <clears throat> because at least in this article, uh, using uh, you know fu- fusion powered rockets would use hydrogen as a propellant, which would mean it would be able to replenish itself as it travels through space. So you, if you're, I mean, we're I guess we're I guess we're kind of assuming, and we should probably just state that. That when you're moving this fast, you're not moving this fast on the surface of the Earth. You're moving this fast out in space somewhere. Well, yeah. Soon, yeah. You'd have nowhere to go. You'd have nowhere to go. I mean, you, you would probably negatively impact the the Earth's rotation if you were moving this fast, I would think. Like Superman. Like Superman. Well, that's, fast- and that's how we'd go back in time. Ah! <laughs> hey, there it is. Two problems with one with one solution. <laughs> Very ah, musky in you. Musky. <laughs> smells a bit musky in here. <laughs> Uh, now he's gonna shut down our podcast because we made fun of his name. We're not making fun of his name. <laughs> it smells like the future. <laughs> you made fun of my name. I'm not shutting anything down. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a part of this. <laughs> yeah, you you created these shenanigans, sir. I therefore am in a much better position to shut it down. Oh, that's true. Darn it! But but I, I do <laughs> think <laughs> it's all over. I do think to to your point of the like you know I. Uh, uh, Jimmy and I being like a, a, a of a constant position observing you moving at light speed, not being able to see you. I think we'd see something. It's the same as a, any fast object going by. You go, ah, I've moved by in a blur. Did you see that infinite mass? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think anybody talks like that. It's a that. bird. It's a plane. It's infinite <laughs> mass. It's infinite mass. Uh, something I was thinking when I was reading about light speed and something that it, we had said that we don't think it's possible on Earth how fast does data move? Because data is essentially just light. Isn't it just signal? Isn't signal well, light? Well, fiber data is, and at that point, 10 gigs a second is what we're kind of living <laughs> with. Well, actually, we, we, we talked about it a little bit in the uh, teleportation right. episode about uh, the faster speeds of internet we're using over direct fiber to people's house. Like, it's right now it's for educational purposes, but there, you know, you can get up to 20. I Presumably, at some point, somebody will make a faster emitter because mm-hmm. so it's all about the blinking of the light. That's bandwidth, yeah, that's true, but, but I mean, the, the, if you the send, speed of the light—I mean, the, the speed of the transmission though—is going to always be limited to the medium at which the light is moving through. Right. And so, there's there's ways to accelerate that mm-hmm. or make it redundant does light, by different modes of fiber. Does light travel slower through glass or through any other medium? Does it travel faster in thin air than rather than? Sea water. I think I actually do think it moves faster. I don't know if it's a speed thing, but I would say it moves faster because in glass it's reflecting off of the sides or off of, you know. So there's friction? I I think so, yeah. And I think the same in water. Is that like, I mean, it's the same reason that any any other uh, force like that, any other energy moves slower through waters because the medium is thicker. Is that, uh, you know, sound carries further, but it takes longer to get there in water, I believe. Is that not true? No, takes longer. What do you mean? Like, what? Do we, <laughs> it takes longer, but so it's not traveling at. at it's not traveling at its normal speed. Like, sound in water, I think, doesn't move as fast right. as it does in air. Is it? No, that makes sense. That's why you hear a lot more low end because low end can travel farther. It's got more energy right. to it, yeah, so it can go go further. Yeah. So that that would that would I would, I would think that would. Makes sense that sound as a yeah, whole is. You're right. Is so I would think the bit. same would be true for light. Is that it would take more energy to push light through the medium of water than it would be for the light to just be out in air, but, in oxygenated air. But sound is a wave. Light is a light's a wave as well. Well, therefore, will light travel faster? And a particle, holy. If if light is being affected slightly by by air and by the molecules in air, is it not? Is it being affected less in space because there's less things in in the space? Well, fewer, fewer things. Fewer, fewer things. Well, there's other dependencies. Like Jesse just brought up a good point. Like there are other dependencies. Light still moves through space, but sound does not, because sound does not move in a vacuum. And it requires oxygen. It does require to, oxygen to perpetuate, but light does not. True. So, so is that because it's a particle base? Is that? Oh dear. Wow. It just went over my head. <laughs> Take that, NASA. <laughs>
Uh, don't try to hire us. We're not as smart as that sounded. No. <clears throat> um, Actually, we probably are exactly as smart as that sounded. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true because it probably sounded stupid. Well, here, I, I just found that's this article true. from uh, another reputable source because <laughs> that's what we're going to call them now. This is the University of Illinois. Hey, that is actually. That, yeah, it's a university. It's a degree-granting institution talking about refraction. Um, and it's, that is when light passes from a less dense to a more dense substance. For example, mm. passing from air into water, the light mm. is refracted or bent towards the normal. The normal is a line perpendicular, forming a 90-degree There's a lot of math in this, which we're not going to go through. But no. essentially, it sounds like... Uh, it sounds like that there is, there's definitely an effect water has on light, like it does on sound. But it looks like it's refraction instead of uh, uh, what would what would Friction. we call that? Yeah, uh, the slowing down. Then, then a yeah, it, it looks like it moves at the same speed. It just goes in a different direction. That's what that's what this looks like to me. Does that? I mean, does that what it's refraction sounds like to the two of you? Mm. That's what I always heard. But. And then it gives us an awesome little home-based science experiment. <laughs> Do tell. You need a flashlight, a clear glass filled with water, and a small mirror. <laughs> so can we can we measure the the light that's traveling through the glass? I, I feel like measure. We don't have the proper tools for that. No. That is not a part of this uh, science experiment. Well, I can get a glass and a mirror. We can find the tools. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this, this is broken down almost as quick as teleportation. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's the same problem as teleportation, though. And in fact, actually. Once you go the speed of light, aren't you teleporting? Aren't you leaving from one area? Like if you, if someone can't see you while you're traveling, it like would appear. Well, it would appear to the the observer, like Jesse just it said. Be, it would be teleportation essentially. <laughs> <laughs> We're blowing up the first three episodes with this one episode, <laughs> episode Boom. four. Light, Boom. light, light speed though is the one. Like as we've talked about before, there's a lot of ifs involved if things can be possible, and light speed seems to be that thing that ties a lot of other impossible things together. Time travel. You know, some people theorize that if you travel faster than light, then you'll go back in time. Some people believe that that you just will destroy everything because you're breaking the, the <laughs> cosmic speed limit <laughs> because you become infinite mass and yeah infinite mass takes up the space that everything else was taken up and now is displaced mm-hmm. to something so boy <laughs> so light speed seems to be one of those things that it is it's something that especially in sci-fi you just assume that all right they figured it out they're traveling faster or as fast than speeds of light right light speed to endor <laughs> <laughs> what a misnomer captain rex uh, you couldn't even get to where we were going what a waste of a mission we at least saw it didn't we yeah we passed the endor moon <laughs> where uh, sorry everybody what, <laughs> what else do they what else like what other uh sci-fi examples do we have of of traveling of of maybe just interstellar, not not traveling as fast as speed of light, but tra- just well, just, traveling just the planets. fast fast travel. Yeah. Like I like I think I think that's that's wise of us to discuss. Mm-hmm. What what is everybody's favorite version of anything related to light speed, warp speed, light speed, whatever you want to call it? They've gone plaid. I mean, you can. That's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can go any direction with it, Jimmy. What's your favorite one? Uh, it's actually from I, I talked about this video game uh, last time about computer in computer sentience. It's uh, Mass Effect. The way that they talk about how they travel from from galaxies is really cool. Essentially, you fly your ship next to this giant, actually about the size of a planet. This giant thing that basically turns your your ship into data and then sends you to the other, like a receiving end. It basically teleports you across <laughs> galaxies. <laughs> At light speed. At light speed. Through fiber optic cable. No, no, just just through through space. Like it just it's like a But it sounds like, like a similar concept yeah, though, is that if the planet if this planet sized thing you're talking about was fiber optic cable and you know, you were the human on mm-hmm. the outside. You just turn into data. You just turn into data and get flung. You essentially you're you're harnessing the you're harnessing the the, the traveling going that way mm-hmm. is that what it sounds like yeah yeah so like it's our data is already going that they're already right. sending stuff so you just turn into this energy and you that's why they they kind of get sucked into the path they just they they said when you go faster than light you turn into energy which is why you were allowed to get shot off into this mass effect i think they were called relays you jump from one relay to another mm-hmm. because you're now flying faster than light crazy but that was crazy. how they explained it in the game what about you guys yeah, Jesse, what's yours? No, 
I stop reading when I encounter light speed in a novel. I, I say it. Seriously? Bah! Put it down. You didn't watch How a lot of Star Trek. How do you ever finish books? No, I did not watch a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> How do you ever finish any books? I don't start those kinds of books. No, fair enough. Yeah. So you don't have not, any favorite story of, of moving fast at all? Not much time travel in Tale of Two Cities. That's true. There's, well, there is. The time travel is very slow. <laughs> Just kidding. One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? I don't know. Like I, My fondness for anything technological tends to gravitate towards Star Trek. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do like Star Wars, but Star Wars is more philosophical than technological in my mind. True. Even though Star Trek has its own fair amount of philosophy... And Star Wars has its own fair amount of technology. I think that they are both balanced in a way that makes them appealing to both sides of the mind, which is why, which is why I like both of them equally. Mm-hmm. I don't hate either one, contrary to most fan belief. But I think Star Trek is probably my favorite version of of that because they have different. You know, they they treat it more like a science. There's degrees of how fast, like there's warp one and warp nine, and the technolo- technology for it increases as the as the story of Star Trek progresses. Right. So I, I've always appreciated that one. That's that's probably my favorite. My favorite moving fast. What did they mention primitive? They, there was one. Oh, with Khan. When they introduced Khan for the first mm. time, they, they find Khan on a very primitive space travel. In like, quotes he's doing. <laughs> uh, and it's they talk about, what was the story of Khan? It's the, in, in that episode. I don't know. I can only tell you how it ends. Wait. <laughs> This is a uh, oh, it was World War Three. They talking about Spock goes into talking about how in 1995. Uh, Way to miss that one, guys. They have, a, <laughs> they have a, a, a or in the 1990s. I think it says the the Third World War of the 1990s. Uh, humans started fleeing to 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 space to try and get it because the world was was tearing itself apart yeah. politically and. And Khan was part of the genetic, like he was basically part of the military at first. He was a genetic superhuman. And him and his entire crew fled into space to, to find and, and conquer other planets, essentially. And then they got trapped. I think I, this is all, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it has been a while for me, too. Like I said, I can only tell you how it ends. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I uh, like Dune. Dune is cool. What's, mm-hmm. Is there any faster than light speed travel in I Dune? No, it's just on this list of science or fiction that has light speed in it mm. all like, of it dude that's cool I, don't, I didn't re- remember it in the first Ooh, one that's something impossible we could talk about uh personal shields like in in uh in in dune where they have like any type of like in any video game you have shields and then your shields go down shields oh, up shields up mm-hmm. that whole concept <laughs> <laughs> i like the way they explained it in dune though because they talk about shields how uh they talk about it with it's it's all about how fast something hits you. That's why bullets get repelled. But you can still kill somebody with a knife as long as you go slow. Right. That was that was their whole thing. Interesting. It's quite the concept. No, Dune yeah, is like water. Like water increases in density the faster you hit. Right. That's true. Because yeah. you could stab somebody through water, but if your bullet moves fast enough, as we've seen in uh, just, other experiments, <laughs> it, it blows apart. Uh, Indeed. It's all about way to give up my research there, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, I completely stepped on somebody's sentence and i don't know no, no, there was no stepping on sentences no i'm glad you, you came up with uh with your favorite uh version of moving fast i don't want to call it light speed because yeah. it's not all light speed yeah. actually the only one that i like i mean everybody likes star wars right but who is well is there light speed travel in star wars it, yeah yeah oh yeah they, 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 they call yeah. it light speed i mean that's <laughs> they 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 went literal with it because Again, that's that's my mentality on Star Wars. Is it's more about a philosophy than it is about a technology. So they True. just they call things what it is. They didn't try to explain light speed in any way. They just they no, just like the warp drive, like the warp drive in Star Trek. There's a a whole story arc of just about how that was invented, why right. it was invented, who who invented it, when it was invented, why it developed. Like there's a whole. Is that part of the Star Wars canon or is it apocryphal? Wait, say again. Is that is that true Star Wars? Is it true in the Star Wars universe, or is it just someone's speculation about what light speed? No, the the warp drive that Kyle. Wrote. Oh, since Star Trek. Uh, I don't know. Never <laughs> mind. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of star. <laughs> there was a lot of star power in that. Hey. What, what? about what uh, tachyons? Did you guys run across tachyons? No. Do you know what a tachyon is? No. I do not actually. I would love to hear 
where you are going. So this is one of the, the thing when I read this, I was like, ah, you smart idiot types. <laughs> <laughs> so a tachyon is a, a theoretical particle that has zero mass that can travel at light speed without becoming infinite mass. That's, that's impossible though. Things can't obviously have zero. <laughs> things can't have zero mass. That's why it's a theoretical particle. Oh, we well, can talk about like what's the speed of a thought? Is, is thought? I mean, thoughts. We're, are we're all, going <laughs> to discuss that <laughs> if you if you See, remember correctly. I saw in researching this, I saw this little video where a guy was asking, like the man on the street, what was the speed of light? How fast is the speed of light? And people were saying like, oh, it's ten times the speed of sound or something like that. <laughs> and which obviously it's a million times a little, speed of sound. A little faster than that. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, but this one woman said. Uh, I think he he must have asked what is is there anything faster than the speed of light, and she said, "Oh yeah, a thought is faster than the speed of light. It's like instant, you know, it's there." Um. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and betray our entire society and say all of these people were American, weren't they? <laughs> they were not American. <laughs> they were not American. They were speaking English, though. Oh, I understand. I didn't. I did not. And I, impersonate their accent on purpose. Oh, how nice. I do it very poorly. How nice for you. <laughs> so one of the one of the points we were talking about is that if you were to achieve light speed, let, like all the problems aside, like let's say you could go, in theory, because this is all theoretical, right. you could go faster than the speed of light, would there be a point to going faster than that? Well, yeah. It would still take you... It, the, what's the closest? What's the star that's one light year oh, away? Oh, oh, oh what's I have that? that. Oh, Kyle has that. No, oh. is it Alpha Centauri? Is yes, that what it is? Alpha Centauri is there the closest star we have. That's not our sun, not Greg. Sun. Hang on. Yep, Alpha Centauri. It's four point three light years away. Is the closest oh. system? Three stars: G two, K one, and M five. What's a light year, by the way? Is it it's how, how fast? It's one hundred eighty six thousand two hundred eighty two miles, isn't it? Isn't that? Yeah, it's how far light travels in one year. In yeah. So this is like in order to travel to Alpha Centauri, if you're traveling as fast as light, it will take you four, four years to get there. No, it'll take you 4.3 years. Oh, yeah. 4.3. Don't forget, you'll be there in March, not January. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. There's one confirmed planet. Alpha Centauri one. has one confirmed planet. What is the name of said planet? I don't I'm, know. I'm curious. Probably call it Earth 2. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Earth 2.0. It's Earth 3. <laughs> so Why there, is it Earth 3? Because we didn't discover 2. <laughs> <laughs> this this one we discovered uh, we discovered 3 before we discovered 2. Wait, really? It's called Earth 3? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no, okay. I was like, oh, gee, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, dear. I was going to say, are we doing that thing with Earth where we're all on Earth now, and so we're going to automatically assume that there was a pre-Earth that is theoretical that we don't know about? Like uh, sounds very time machine-ish. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know, you know like else. when they, when people analyze languages, when linguists analyze languages, they, they assume that there was a language before that from which the language that they're studying. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if there's no written record, so they call it, they name it something, and that's the, you know, it's it's the precursor. It's pre-Indo-European or whatever it was. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's so. Even though there's no record of it because no one was writing back then. You mean like there's no mass to that object? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, funny enough uh, that Jimmy had said 40 years because this, so this article on interstellar travel that I, I've referred to several times that has the information about the closest star and stuff like that is that if you, this article does conclude something about time dilation in that the furthest that any human could go away from Earth would be 40 years because in a normal, a normal lifespan of 80 years, it would take you 40 years to get somewhere and 40 years back. So you would be dead essentially. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, it, other, unless you're assuming that you don't come back, but they're, uh, that's, that's their viewpoint is that any human wouldn't, you know, if your uh, if your plan is to make a round trip, right. Light speed or not, you could only go 40 years away, whether that be 40 light years or like, you know, regular speed, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Which would be interesting. It'd be interesting for somebody to go 79 years away. The, the radio transmission back to Earth would take more time. Like that person would have been passed away for hmm. 40 years. So you would beat your letter home, basically? 
uh, that whole thing. Yeah, well, your letter would beat your lifetime. <laughs> your letter home. Yeah, yes, that's what. Yes, <laughs> what you said. I always enjoy sending a postcard and then flying home the next day to see if you get there. <laughs> hey, here's my postcard. Hey, Jesse from week. the past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's something that you were saying. Like, is there a point going faster? Is there? Yeah. Is yeah, there a point going is. faster? I mean, because now now it won't take you four years if you can double the speed. It would take you two years, and if you could quadruple the speed, or if you can bend the fabric of reality around you, it would only take an hour. Are you referring to wormholes? Uh, that's kind of what warp drives talk about too. They talk well, about that's what tra- NASA's talking about with warp drives, which I think is funny. It's funny that they went all sci-fi. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, granted, it's kind of natural to those people. I'm sure the people working at NASA now are probably super Star Wars, Star Trek fans. Super fans. Super fans. Well, since they're not dealing with actual space anymore. Right. Ooh. What about Elon Musk's the SpaceX people? Huh? Yeah. The, what does SpaceX the, say all about the warp drive? Smart people went there. Yeah, the people actually doing <laughs> something for. For profit, non-government funded. Yeah. Anyway, we should find out what Elon Musk says about this. So how are how are wormholes related to the warp drive that NASA is developing? Uh, you'd be able to slip through the loopholes of space, according to them. Oh, while nothing can break the speed of light, scientists have long considered blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, so the warp the. Uh, uh, warp speed travel, where spaceships could bend space and time on itself to move through loopholes in space. You essentially would create a wormhole, wor- wormhole, a wormhole, and uh, you would fly through that. So, how does one create a, one? To get a visual of what we're talking about, and then we'll talk about the mechanics. There, there's a visual right there. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, yes, but the people <laughs> on the other end of the electrical impulses that the microphones are theoretical listeners, if they're still listening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assure you they're not. <laughs> so if you had, say you had a piece of fa- paper that was the the space time continuum, mm-hmm. you're talking about making a point on one end of the paper and a point on the other end of the paper, and then you fold that paper over, and right. you can just take a little shortcut mm-hmm. from one point to the other mm-hmm. point. Do you remember when we were talking about time travel, and we were saying that there's there's the like string theory. Is yeah. is the theory of multiple Strings. realities happening at the same time? All like everything is happening all at once, Parallel past, present, future, etc. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's what they're saying. They're they're basing off of if that theory is correct, this is the way you would jump between your own personal like. So instead of it being a timeline, it's positional. Yes. Same thing though is that those two positions are actually at the same place. Mm-hmm. Your perception of them is different. I don't like. I don't know how you'd really verbalize that, but that's what it sounds like. I mean, what Jesse just said with the paper folding that in half—that's like a really good way of putting it. It's mm-hmm. like now the now point A and point B on that piece of paper, which is the space-time fabric, I suppose. Like so, they're, yeah. they're now in the same physical location. You you just have to move from one side of the paper to the other quickly. You would create a wrinkle in time, if you will. Wow. A wrinkle in time, which that, is a really which is a really good book. I was gonna say about it sounds very. Very bookish. Bookish. <laughs> so here's, but the, you're not traveling at light speed then. No, you're just you're, just, you're, you're, you're teleporting. That's what that is. You're if teleporting. If I go to work on the freeway and, and you go to work on the street, we both go the same speed, but I'm going to get there before you because I know that the freeway is shorter. It's more direct. More direct. That's true. <clears throat> so the wormhole is just more direct to the same. Uh, that's fair. I, mean, you could, I guess it's not teleporting. It is just a, a direct path as opposed to a... Yeah. Uh, it's like going going all the way around South America instead of taking the Panama Canal. I mean, it's to get yeah. to New, from New York to LA. It's just the shortcut, I guess. It is. So the wormhole is the Panama Canal. <laughs> the wormhole is the Panama Canal. There you go. <laughs> that, there's a pull quote for you guys. <laughs> okay, so the, I, I think we should wrap this up because we're I think we're, so we're, we're at about an hour, anyways. But the 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 question, the underlying question in 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 our outline of things is. Why would you do this? To what end? To I have a very cheeky answer, but... All right, I want to hear it. Well, no, I want to hear your answers first. <laughs> My cheeky answer is stupid and irrelevant. All right, awesome. So you, the question is, why Why would you Why, why would you travel? Why? What's uh, the point? You would, you would be able to, instead of... Uh, there's a lot of things you could do if you were traveling speed of light. You would be able to colonize other, other planets a lot easier. And our system is a lot more practical. If you could achieve light speed, travel the... I don't know if you would survive on Jupiter, but you can travel to Jupiter if you like. You can travel in and out. Really big tourism. Space tourism would become huge. The interstellar traveling 
as fast speed as fast as light to me just pushes uh space travel to be more practical right so now instead of instead of you would leave earth a lot more if it would only take you a couple months to get somewhere instead of it being like your entire life you know you see what i'm saying yeah and there's minerals like you could there's there's minerals that only exist on pluto you can have interplanetary trade whoa pluto is not a planet can't have interplanetary trade it's with a the planet, star dude. <laughs> pluto's one of us <laughs> i agree with jesse yeah what are you gonna tell your daughter when she grows up planet was a uh, pluto was a planet when i was a kid but it's not anymore just because some human said so <laughs> jerks but yeah, uh, no, I, uh, I understand. Like mining resources and yeah. like I mean, you could you well, we could we could tap other areas of the galaxy for resources we yeah. couldn't previously, and travel would be quicker and stuff like that. Yeah, we can destroy the whole universe instead of just our planet. Yep, sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that sounds like what Jesse's end is. That's why that's why if it existed, we should have it. Is so we could destroy ourselves. Uh, if it exists, the only reason to have it will be to make money, because that's the only reason anything exists. That's my skeptical viewpoint. <laughs> so what's your practical viewpoint? <laughs> well, it has some implications for time travel. I think we've been alluding to that the whole time. Mm-hmm. If we could figure out how to maintain our, our physical integrity mm-hmm. while traveling light speed, the, the likelihood is great, although theoretical, that we could travel through time or bend space-time and appear to teleport or appear to travel from one point in space to another point in space in a very limited amount of time, which would be useful. I mean, I could work in Prague and live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, why would I want to live here if I could live in Prague? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where Jesse wants to be. <laughs> but uh, So yeah. I, would, I, w- I would say that the, uh, the reason we would is to uh, boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting when I said it was a cheeky answer. I, uh, Jesse put I, that on the outline, and I said to boldly go where no man has gone before. What was I supposed to say? Uh, okay, what are we talking about next week, Jimmy? Uh, next week is, oh, the Hyperloop. The Hyperloop. The Hyperloop is what we're talking yes. about next week. Hyperloop. And I am so excited about the Hyperloop. Brief explanation. So Elon Musk uh, has, is not developing it, correct? Right. He says he doesn't have the time, but we'll, we'll talk about the details of that. But it's his mm-hmm. concept, so it's Elon Musk. It's the concept of a, a new public transportation. It is said to get from L.A. to San Francisco in half an hour, right? Which is very fast. <laughs> Impossibly fast, Impossibly some might say. Fast. It's basically a, a system of, of tubes and pods, and it's actually very cool. And we will talk more about it next week. And it's going to be phenomenal. Excellent. How would how would someone contact us if they have input on oh, any of these right. things that they've heard? Well or not heard. You can simply Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, start over. <laughs> I think that's great, we should keep that. <laughs> for the outtakes, absolutely. <laughs> but you're editing it so you can decide. You All can right, perfect. You perfect, perfect. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, join us next week when we talk about the hyperloop. And if you have any questions or comments uh, or topic suggestions, please email us at impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter, which is impthingpodcast, I-M-P-T-H-N-G podcast at, at Twitter. And let us know what you thought. Uh, correct us. Let us know we're idiots. Yeah, yeah let, us, let us know we're stupid. That's what Jimmy or Jesse keeps saying. <laughs> I want to know if I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'd rather a group of, of unknown strangers would tell me I'm an idiot, right? Well, we are posting this on the internet, so it's going to happen for sure. Well, that's what people do. A bunch mm-hmm. of nine-year-olds try to... You're assuming that, that people are going to listen to this, which I'm still not convinced of. That's, that's true. <laughs> anyway, join us next week. All right, see you later. <laughs>